Good morning. I am so glad that you have joined us for worship. It's delightful to see Eric playing our organ right there in our building, our meeting house at First Parish in Concord. But we are still gathering, not necessarily in First Parish in Concord, but as First Parish in Concord. And I'm so glad um, to be offering our service this morning with our ministry team. Uh, we're learning more and more about technology, so we hope that this service will be even smoother, but you know that whatever we are offering comes from our hearts and our loving care for all of you. So I want to show you who else is here to lead worship this morning. So let's um, take a moment to do that. Um, first, I want you to see that I'm offering the service with Howard. Howard, if you wanted to unmute and say hello to everybody. Good morning, everybody. Glad you're here. And then we also have the Reverend Liz Weber, our Minister for Pastoral Care. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. And Beth Norton, our Director of Music Ministries. Good morning, everybody. Great to be with you. And of course, I mentioned Eric already, but Eric, do you think you could just show your face for a minute? We saw your wonderful hands. Can you, can you say hello? everyone. And then we have um, Gail is here to offer some singing and music for us. Gail Carey. Good morning, all. It's so good to be among you. And Anderson Manuel is going to offer his voice in worship. Good morning, everyone. So glad to be here with you. And Adrian Betancourt, our uh, social action manager, is here. Good Sunday morning to you all. And Don Van Patten, our assistant director of religious education. Good morning. Happy Sunday. <laughs> and then, um, just also, just want to let you know someone else who's here because someone, some folks mentioned that they wondered who was this Peter that we mentioned last week when we were doing things. That Peter is there, and Peter Bowden is um, my husband, and he is um, our Zoom master. Good morning, technology. So although we're in the same household, we're at different computers, and, and we're hopeful that we'll be able to lead our service smoothly this morning. I'm going to offer a call to worship, and I want to invite you, if you haven't yet, to go find a chalice, because we are going to have a chalice lighting. And if you have a chalice in your home, or a votive candle, or even when we've had some of our gatherings, people have had a little flashlight, that works too. I invite you to uh, light a chalice along with us um, in a moment. But I'd like to offer this call to worship. Let us enter into a time of worship together. We gather as a community to reflect on our lives, to remind us of our values, to lift our spirits and empower us to bring about positive change. Come, let us worship together. And I invite you to find that chalice. I have mine right here. It was actually made by Nancy Pratt, who's joining us um, from far away. She was a member of my former congregation. And so I'm going to light this chalice and I invite you to light yours too. Lighting the chalice is one of the ways that we know that we're at church and one of the ways that we know that we're all together as a congregation. So take a moment. My matches are not working as sometimes happens. 
and light the chalice that you have there in your home and know that it is connected to all of us who are lighting our chalices wherever we are in the world. And soon the slide for the words will come up. Please read them with me. O flame of our faith, open our hearts and fill our bodies and souls with persistent strength. Enliven our spirits and engage us deeply in this life of ours, this sacred essential moment now. Good morning, everyone. So today we are going to be singing a song called Down to the, on the River to Pray. This song is about keeping the faith in a time of darkness. Please sing with me. I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown, good Lord, show me the way. Oh, kindred, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, kindred, let's go down, down to the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, working about the good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, children, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, children, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, beloved, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, beloved, let's go down, down in the river to pray down in the river to pray down in the river to pray and now back to amy good morning i'll just pass it on to you liz today liz is offering our children's message and as you may notice we are taking turns and offering different parts of our service Good morning, everybody. Our children's message today was inspired by a story called Granddad's Prayers of the Earth by Douglas Wood. And in this story, a granddad and a child went out for a walk in the woods. And the child said, Granddad, tell me about prayer, which is a big question. And the granddad said, all living beings of the world pray. Hmm. Each living thing gives its life to the beauty of all life. And that gift is its prayer, which is a big answer. So as they go walking in the woods, Granddad explains some of what he means to the child. And today I invite all of us to imagine going on that walk in the woods together and to experience some of the ways that granddad talks about prayer. So whether you are even younger 
than the child in this story might be, or even older than the granddad in the story might be, I invite you to get up with me if you're able and comfortable, or at least to imagine walking in your chair. And I invite you to push your chair aside and stand. And my phone fell out of my pocket, so I invite you to be patient with me for just a second. All right, so we can imagine ourselves going on a walk in the woods and can imagine the granddad and the child with us. And as they walked, the first thing they saw was the trees all around them. And the granddad said, look there at that tree, how it is reaching up so tall, reaching towards the sun and the moon and the stars and the clouds always trying to connect up and up and connecting everywhere. That connecting is a way to pray. So as we be trees together, you can see how it feels to pray like a tree and reach up to grow and connect. The next thing that happened on their walk in the woods is they saw a big rock beside the path. And the granddad said, look at that rock. We can practice being a, like a rock together, curled up small. The granddad said, the rock is still and it is quiet. It is sitting there and listening to everything that is going on in our world. And being still and listening is an important way to pray. So as we practice praying like the rocks, you can see how that feels. And the next thing that happened as they went on their walk was they came to a stream. You know, you know streams, sometimes they're kind of verbally and it's like they're giggling and it's like they're dancing and dancing, it turns out, can be a good way to pray, almost like laughing. But sometimes during a storm, the water gets really rough, and it's crashing waves, and it's swimming like that, and it's big water, and that can be an important way to pray, too. And sometimes the water gets really pretty peaceful and calm. And feeling peaceful can be a way to pray, too. So whichever type of water you feel like today, just know that that way of feeling our feelings and expressing them through movement, that can be an important way to pray. And notice how that feels to pray with movement. So they cross the bridge over the stream and they come to a big open field. And the field is just filled with flowers. It's like the height of the spring or summertime blossoms, flowers everywhere as far as the child and the granddad and we can see. And the granddad says, look at the flowers. The flowers are blooming and they're giving off their scent. They're just giving it out into the world for anyone to feel and breathe in and enjoy. So as we do that, know that giving of ourselves is an important way to pray. And you can see how that feels 
So they keep walking and finally they arrive home. And the child says, but wait, but granddad, we were out in nature and that was great, but now we're home and there's people everywhere in the house, but do people pray? How do people pray? And granddad says, ah, yes, of course people pray. Sometimes we pray with our actions when we're trying to help somebody else to make our world a better place, to show somebody our love. That's an important way to pray. And sometimes we pray with our words. If we're feeling very thankful or sad, or if we have a problem that's too big to solve by ourselves, sometimes using words as a prayer helps. And child says, well, but, Dad, what are the right words? How will I know if I have the right words in my prayer? And granddad says, oh, you don't have to worry about that. If your words are real and true and they come from the heart, then they are the right words. So I invite you to put your hand on your heart. You can close your eyes if you want. Just see if there are words there that feel real and true that you want to say right now. Maybe a sentence. And you can go ahead and say them if they are there. And if not, that's okay. My prayer for you all is that you know how much all of us at First Parish love you. And how glad we are that you are here today. Thanks for listening to my story and for trying out these prayers with me. And I will hand it over to you, Beth. Thank you, Liz. There are many ways to pray. There are different words used by different faiths. This is a, a prayer from the Buddhist tradition. It's a meditation called the Meditation. Meditation, the meta meditation. The words are May I be filled with loving kindness. May I be well. May I be peaceful and at ease. May I be whole. Singing is a form of praying too, and I invite you to sing this with me.
share with you today a part of my spiritual journey, learning to pray. I'm a lifelong Unitarian Universalist and I grew up in a humanist congregation. That means that God language was not used and the classic joke is God language wasn't used unless somebody was falling down the stairs. That actually was kind of true. We had a rational approach to life and to ritual. So on Sunday services, for example, there would always be a moment of silence, but never a guided meditation or prayer. I have a love of Buddhism, and that came from a Sunday school education. I learned a lot about the Buddhist tradition, but no one taught me spiritual practice in my religious education. So I've been thinking a lot about prayer and thinking back to my childhood. I actually did have an early experience of prayer and it came every night at bedtime. My mother would give me a kiss on the cheek and she'd tuck me into bed and she always said, God bless you. And I remember as a child lying there in bed in the darkness, snuggled up with my blankets and thinking about all the people in my life who I cared about. And in my mind, I would say, God bless mommy, daddy, my brother Michael, my aunt Betty, and on and on until I drifted off to sleep. And today, when I'm in a city with a beautiful Catholic church, I'll go in and I'll light a candle to my maternal grandmother my vava. Like many of you, I have a multi-faith background and my paternal side is Jewish. And so I grew up saying prayers as a part of celebrating Jewish holidays with my uncle Manny and my aunt Alberta. My uncle would read the prayers, the traditional prayers in Hebrew, and we would read the English translation from the prayer book. Even though those were foundational experiences of prayer, I did not learn how to pray until more recently. I learned to pray when my brother died. I was overcome with grief and I was serving as an intern minister at the time. Fortunately, I was surrounded by mentors and peers who were there to guide and support me. And so now, while we all are in a time of great uncertainty 
and anxiety, I would like to share with you what I learned about prayer. Now I know some of you may already have your own prayer practice. Some of you may be atheists or agnostics. Some of you may be more comfortable with meditation than prayer. We are a liberal religious community. We hold a diversity of perspectives and I honor you wherever you are on your journey as I know that you honor my perspective. So the first thing that I learned about prayer was the transforming power of naming. When I take the time to name those people and places who I hold in my heart, love and compassion take form. It doesn't matter whether you're a mystic who believes that light and love transcends time and space, or whether you believe that it's in your consciousness that it brings forward your concerns and enables you to take better action. Prayer may not change the situation, but the power of naming is that it changes us. Second, the second thing I learned about prayer was that it does not need to be directed to God. So I invite you to consider how you define the sacred. And I'll give you some examples. Could be the spirit of life or love, nature, the earth, mystery, God, goddess, or knowing you could be something completely different that I failed to name. But I invite you to address your prayer to a source larger than yourself, a source that sustains our lives. This public health crisis has certainly brought into our awareness how much our lives are interconnected how much we depend on one another. So I invite you in the week ahead to pray. Pray for spiritual guidance. Pray for those healthcare workers. Pray for those who suffer. Pray for peace. Pray for well-being. The 13th century mystic Eckhart, hold on one second, Meister Eckhart wrote, if the only prayer you say in your whole life is thank you, it would be enough. So I invite you now to take a moment to reflect upon that which you are most grateful for. Our question is, what am I grateful for today? And you are invited to share five words or less in the chat while we listen to some music together.
Thank you to those of you who responded in the chat. I just want to lift up some of the things that I noticed there, some themes, and you, of course, are welcome to take time to look at all these wonderful things that folks from your religious community has have shared. Our question was, what am I grateful for today? And one of the responses that is echoed many times is being here with you. My first parish family, nature, music, home, family, friends, work. I am grateful for the budding everywhere. My neighbors, my little brother, remote service technology, amen to that. A good education. that none of my loved ones have gotten sick so far. The squirrel at my window, rainbows and nature, clean air, raspberries and bacon. That we are all so hopeful as we face this impending challenge. You are welcome to continue to read all of these responses from your community. I'd like to close with this prayer. Oh, love, may we learn to pray. May we open our hearts and minds to the transforming power of love that we may be found by wholeness and peace. Blessed be. Blessed be. tempt me to despair and I feel like my own heart has hardened a sorrow that's too great to bear life has left me disillusioned when hostility and hatred seem to Headline that I read brings me to my knees again. But it feels like hope cannot be found. Grace abounds. Suffer long in silence, regretting that they dared to dream. And forgiveness is too hard to fathom, the chasm that runs so deep. And every lonely night. 
Thank you, Gail, for that beautiful music, and thank you, Amy, for that wonderful reflection on prayer. We've come to the time in our service, which we always set aside to hear of the parish concerns and to have you speak aloud the names that are on your hearts. So as we move into this time, this is your first chance to practice a bit of what Amy was talking about. If you'd like to be included in the pastoral list each week or any week, just give a call or an email to Reverend Liz Weber prior to the Sunday service and we'll include you in the parish concerns. This morning we learned that Marianne Barton's brother-in-law, William Barnwell, has died of pneumonia in New Orleans and COVID-19 is suspected. William was a retired Episcopal priest who worked all his life on anti-racist causes. Marianne's sister, Corrine, is quarantined but not infected, and we will keep her in our thoughts and prayers. Today we mourn with Bruce and Jane Blumberg and their family. Bruce and Jane's first grandchild, Jack, was born this week, but only lived a short while. Of course, his parents, Phil and Lauren, are in shock, as is the whole family. Everyone's deep grief is compounded by travel restrictions that prevent them from comforting one another in person. We will hold this family in our prayers. Cards written to Jane and Bruce will be appreciated and will be shared with Phil and Lauren. Who do you hold in your heart this morning? Please take a moment and speak their names silently or aloud at this time, trusting these names are heard, and then we will sing together Spirit of Life. Sing 
Will you pray with me, please? Will you pray with me? Spirit of life, we gather as your people. We gather as those of old who drew close around a common fire. From our own homes, we have felt the call of community this morning. From the small habitats, we reach out to the wider whole. Be with each of us and let us know that we are not alone. As the news footage grows more grim, as people we know begin to fall ill, as the politics of greed and selfishness endanger human life, help us to remember to remain focused on what is right and good. It is not cowardice to want to protect ourselves and those we love. It is not selfishness to want COVID-19 to be over soon. It is not foolhardy to wish for a return to normal life. All these are perfectly human responses to this global crisis. And yet, there must be more than our fond desires. The world needs us to stare plainly at this pandemic and not flinch. The world needs people just like you and me to play a small part. The world needs us to cooperate with local and state authorities. The world needs us to live on less for a while. The world needs us to keep our cool and to help others as we can. We pray this morning for so many on the front lines of this pandemic, for nurses and doctors and all who work in hospitals, for store clerks and shelf stockers and truck drivers who keep us fed and well, for police officers, firefighters and EMTs who will still come if we need them, for governors and mayors and town managers who must make difficult, unpopular decisions to keep people alive. And we pray for those who are most vulnerable to COVID-19, the elderly and the immune compromised, the homeless and all people worldwide living in refugee camps and shanty towns, the great bulk of humanity without access to medicine or hospitals all who must now survive without pay and without meaningful work. Spirit of life, you have not abandoned us in this time of need. And because you have not abandoned us, we must not abandon each other. Let us help where we can give help. Let us give what we can give. Let us go without the things that we do not truly need. Let us be calm, and patient and caring. And let us draw near to the common fire called community, singing as the Italians do, from balcony to balcony, singing hope, singing courage, singing love, singing care, singing our way 
to a better day. We rest for seven breaths together in the grace of silence. Next, we have an annual pledge campaign testimonial by Marianne Barton. But before she speaks, I just want to remind you that I've been reflecting a lot this last week on just how important church is. And it is never more important than in a time of crisis. As I have made phone calls to people, they have been so grateful to hear from me. And I know that members of the standing committee are making phone calls and Liz is making phone calls. In fact, all of the church staff are making phone calls. And over and over again, we hear, isn't it wonderful that there is this connection and that we are all joined together? So now let us listen to Marianne Barton, a member of the congregation, as she offers her annual pledge campaign testimonial. Marianne? Hello. Thank you for being here. Today, I'll tell you a story from back in 2008 when the church was closed for services because the building was being renovated. Our congregation met then at Karem Shalom, the synagogue down the street. My heart was heavy that year and I wanted to attend the services, but I couldn't because of my work schedule. One weekday, hoping for comfort, I dropped by First Parish's building on Lexington Road. The building was filled with the sound of carpenter, carpenters hammering, but nobody was in sight. I made my way up the stairs to the sanctuary and stood beneath the pulpit, looking out over the dark pews. Around the room, the pillars holding up the balcony looked round and st sturdy the way they always do. The sun shone through the clear glass windows. Thank you for being here, 
I said out loud into the empty silence. I imagined you all listening from the pews. I needed to be here today, I said. My mother has dementia and she's going blind. Somehow I felt encouraged to go on naming my sorrows out loud. I felt your attentive presence, all of you. It was deeply comforting. Two years ago, remembering how much First Parish had meant to me that day, I increased my annual pledge to $1,000. At first, I felt slightly woozy about taking this step. What if something awful happened? Well, something drastic has come up. And this year, my husband and I increased our pledge by 20%. Just yesterday, my brother-in-law died of suspected COVID-19. So my feeling today is that I need you and this church more than ever. Thank you. Thank you, Marianne. I know that many of you have joined in and have already made a pledge to this coming year's pledge campaign. We are about halfway through uh, and about halfway to the goal that we have. I wanna assure you that it's very easy to make a pledge. Just go to the church website and right there on the main page, down near the bottom, you'll find a green button that says pledge now. When you press that, it will bring up a form for you to fill out and you have lots of different choices of how to pay your pledge and you can go through that and when you hit send, then Fifi Ball will receive it and you will have pledged, it's as easy as that. So I encourage you in the next week or so to go to the website to think carefully about what First Parish in Concord means to you and not only to you, what it means to our community, what it means to the wider world and what it means that a Unitarian Universalist voice is now spread across the country and in fact around the world online. So go and make a pledge please this coming week. It's time for our offering. Just because we're not meeting together doesn't mean we can't pass the plate. In just a minute or two, a number will appear on your screen. This is the same number that we've been using for over a year now to text to the plate. All you need is a credit card the first time you use that number and then you're set up. You can also go to the website and pledge there. So please think about giving an extra donation to First Parish in Concord today. And you can also continue to mail in your pledge checks to the office. Thank you for all of your generosity. An offering for the good work and witness of First Parish in Concord will now be gratefully received.
my thoughts are with you, Marianne. And also with those thousands of people in Metro West and the greater Boston area and the whole of Massachusetts state who are worst hit by the economic collapse and those trembling with fear of the virus because they don't have the resources to confront it. Let us say, we hold you in our hearts. We hold you in our hearts. But wait, can they hear us? Well, fortunately, you use follow their best intentions with action. And now we are supporting a brand new slate of legislative bills precisely to hold up our most vulnerable neighbors. Every spring legislative season, we have our magnificent UU Advocacy Day, where hundreds and hundreds of UUs from all over the state bus into Boston, attend a gigantic breakfast together, listen to pep talk speeches, get training and guidance, and then with appointments in their hands, descend en masse onto the State House and into the offices of their representatives. Have any of you participated in a UU Advocacy Day before? Well, last week at the um, racial justice meeting, Sue St. Croix shared with us how powerful and moving and impactful and effective this event is. But, but wait again, um, the event is surely canceled this spring, right? No, that's what people are thinking. And that's why there's an urgency to get the word out. Our small UU Mass Action team, Laura and Cassandra and Tali, have spun on a dime and are quickly transferring the whole event online. They have lined up the Reverend Susan Frederick Gray and legislators and other speakers, and we cannot let them down. They need at least 200 signups or they will have to cancel the online event. So my prayer, the intention I am sending out into the universe and to this community is that First Parish and Concord shows itself proud and we all sign up this morning. Go to uumassaction.org and find the events tab. It's in the upper right-hand corner next to the donate button. It is easy, it's going to take you two minutes at most. You need the name of your state senator and representative, just go to Massachusetts, find my legislator, and you're in. What a meaningful action from your own safe home today and on April 14th that will change the lives of so many people here in Massachusetts. Just one other thing, if you would like to join me in just a couple of days, you can also sign up for the April 1st webinar, which is going to go over that new legislative slate. And I actually have a little part. I'm going to be speaking for about 10 minutes in the introductory part, and I would absolutely love to have you join me there. So that is my prayer for today, and may it be so. Amen. Thank you, Adrian. It's so great to have Adrian here and keeping us all busy. You know, we're a little bit bored at home, but boy, there's lots and lots of things that we can do. So pay attention to um, all of those opportunities. As we begin to close our service, I'd like to let you know a few things that are going on. You're welcome to stay on this Zoom webinar for our online coffee hour. 
it's really fun to be in the chat and to see everyone there and to chat a little bit. It goes pretty fast, so you'll have to scroll um, up to, to review some of them. If you're gonna stay for coffee hour, be sure and set your chat setting to participants and attendees. That way everybody can see all of your comments. Likewise, please pay attention to the First Parish website and FP Weekly. There's lots of stuff going on for you to participate, way too many things to mention here. That's gonna be your best source for information about what the church is doing. We are starting this coming uh, week, starting tomorrow, in fact, a weekly weekday drop-in chat. This means that you can follow a link um, Monday through Friday from one o'clock to 2 p.m. Uh, just drop in and drop out. It's a Zoom link. The link is on the website and it's at the bottom of the main page. So if you are available between one and two o'clock and would like to just see a member of the church staff and talk to some other uh, church members, please stop in for our weekday drop-in chat. You can come and go, stay as long as you like, and we'd love to see you there. Another thing that has just opened is the Transforming Hearts online course. The link is also on the first page of the website and it's near the bottom. This is a wonderful new course around uh, transgender issues and it is a really wonderful thing to do on your own at home. Uh, you can watch a series of videos and then we'll set up some chat groups to talk about what you learned. And as always, there's that pledge button right there on the website. You can go to it sometime this week, make a pledge to First Parish in Concord. Now let us join in our closing song. one of my favorite songs. It is called Lean On Me. It is written by Bill Withers. And I hope that all of you remember that just remember to lean on each other and be kind to each other this week. Sometimes in our lives, we all have pain, we all have sorrow, but if we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow, lean on me when you're not strong and i'll be your friend i'll help you carry on for it won't be long till i'm gonna need somebody to lean on please swallow your pride if i have things you need to borrow for no one can feel those of your needs then you won't let show you just call on me brother when you need a hand we all need somebody to lean on. I might just have a problem. 
that you'll understand. We all need somebody to lean on, lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. You just call on me sister when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a problem that you'll understand. We all need somebody to lean on. If there is a load you have to bear that you can't carry, I'm right up the road. I'll share your load if you just call me call me now call me if you need a friend call me call me now call me if you need a friend call me if you need me call me you've got to call 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 on me Thank you, Anderson, and thank you all of our worship leaders and all of you who participated in worship today. We do need one another, and I hope that we will continue to reach out, to share when we need support, and to offer support where we can. Let's join together in the, our closing words, our First Parish benediction. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no person evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all beings. <laughs>